So I came across this little phrase in one of the Psalms in my reading plan the other day, and I, I want to start by reading it for you. It says this, Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. I wonder, I wonder how much this is easy to, to believe for you right now. Like, do, do you believe this? Do you believe there is blessing that comes from having the Lord as your God? Uh, is it good? Is it good to be a follower of Jesus? And if you were to make a list of the reasons it is good to know Jesus and to follow him, I wonder, I wonder what would be on that list. What would be on your top three reasons that you are blessed because of God? I wonder if one of the things that would make your top three or, or would be even in the conversation at all is the ability to listen to God's voice. See, I'm, I'm becoming increasingly convinced that one of the reasons we are so blessed to have the Lord as our God is because of the guiding presence and power and voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're going to talk today about how to listen to God. It's, it's one of those messages where I, I come in here and I, I, I've just, over the years, come to so value this subject that there is a ton that I, that I want to cover in a very short space. So I'm going to try to do my best to make this accessible and helpful. And so I think to that end, let's begin with a word of prayer. And I want to pray for you wherever you are acknowledging that Jesus is here with us who are here in the studio, but he's also with you where you are in whatever circumstance you find yourself. So let's pray together. God, we ask for you to make today's topic so helpful, so relevant, so real to each of us, and that we would all encounter you where we are in a way that makes sense to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me, let me ask you a question as we begin. Is Jesus real to you? Is Jesus real to you? Like really, really real? I wonder how much we believe he's real. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is worth thinking about because Christianity, it's not, it's not just about attaching ourselves to a, a certain set of ideas about the way the world is. It's not just giving a uh, mental recognition of, of beliefs and, and doctrines to make yourself Christian. There, there's something that is so important to capture relationally with God. See, growing up, I had a good understanding of the, of the teaching, uh, the, the Christian doctrine that's called justification. It's, a, it's meaning about what, what God has done to deal with our sins and give us a right standing before him. And that is so important. But what we also need alongside thinking through the, our beliefs like that is a, is a category in practice for relationship. Because look, we haven't just had our, our debt paid and, and covered and, and given a right standing with God. We've actually been reconciled, reconciled to a living person. Here's one place that we're told this, 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So reconciliation brings us into relationship, and an essential part of any relationship is communication. So our paradigm today for, for our, our teaching is relationship, and one of the practices in this paradigm is listening. 
hearing God's voice. So, so try to dial in here because I want to cover a lot of ground and, and, and I've deliberately laid these points out in a way that our, that our team and people I trust and, and just as we've prayed through this have found to be so helpful. So first, I'm coming at this today with the belief that God still talks to us today. God still speaks. If, as Hebrews 13 says, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we know that just as he spoke to people in the past, he still talks to us now. There's a, there's a pattern. If we go all the way back to the, to the first big part of our Bible, the Old Testament, there's a pattern there of people in, in this curious phrase, inquiring of the Lord. You see this everywhere, and when you do see it, it's clear that there's something, something normal, something important happening. For example, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, a man named David, who one of the key people in the, in the history of, of God's people, he's in a terrible situation. His town is set on fire, his wives and children are, are, are kidnapped, and, and so are the, are, the, are the people that belong to his soldiers. And so they're, they're upset and says they weep until they've got no strength left to weep, and they decide that they want to crush David. They want to kill him with rocks to death out of anger. And what does David do? Well, we're told that he strengthens himself in God and then we see this, and David inquired of the Lord. Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? God answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So there's this pattern of inquiring, and it's so helpful. It's, it's always shown to be wise and beneficial. It's the course of action that God has invited his people into. And it goes poorly when people don't do this. For example, listen to the description of the leaders of God's people later on in a book called Jeremiah. For the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they've not prospered and all their flock is scattered. So the idea of, of God speaking, it doesn't just stop in the Old Testament, though. It's not just found there. This is where we really need to pay attention because this directly impacts where we find ourselves now, today. Our church, in our culture, right now, in our time. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 14. This is, this is what he tells his followers. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. A few verses later, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Hang in there because there's one more place in John I want to take us. John 16. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. So he's going to glorify Jesus. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Okay, so are you still with me here? Because we have to build this foundation, this biblical foundation for hearing God's voice. Otherwise, we're going to miss something that's so important for our lives. What Jesus promises about the Spirit is exactly what the church experiences in its first days. And I want to just point us to one story in Acts chapter 13. Listen to this. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. So we've got Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, so real people, and Saul. 
while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, who we later know as Paul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So at a very pivotal moment in the early days of the church, the church that we belong to all these generations later, a very pivotal, significant moment happens coming out of listening to the voice of the Spirit. They were positioned for this, and it sets in, in motion a course of events that directly impact us today. I think if, if this moment didn't happen the way it did, there would be so many things different about the way the world you know, transpired, the way the church was built. But look at what they do. They position themselves to listen to the voice of God. So if you're a Christian, you've been brought to life by Jesus, and you yourself have been given this same Holy Spirit. As Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, so having having covered a lot of ground there just, just in surveying scripture. I hope what we're seeing is there's, there's an opportunity that each of us has, if we've got the Holy Spirit, to synchronize with him in our, in our real everyday lives. And one of the ways we do this is by listening. I hope what we're seeing is that God wants to talk to you. He still speaks today and you can and must listen to him. So for the rest of our time, I want to address two big questions that, that, that are surrounding this subject, questions that I have asked, maybe questions that you yourself are asking as we, as we enter into this. Question number one, how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? And the second question is, how do I know what I hear is actually God? So let's target each one. First, Let's talk about how to listen to God. I believe that what's required here, and I've just got this big term for it, is spiritual concentration. Spiritual concentration. And this is about positioning ourselves to hear and to listen to the Spirit. Now, look, there are a lot of biblical ways that God speaks. We could do a whole series on those ways. I, I'm, the list I'm about to give today and then the whole way I'm framing this conversation is around two of the ways that God speaks. One is through the Bible, through the written word that we have, through Scripture. And the second is through the thoughts that he puts into our minds. Uh, a term for this has been the gentle whisper, the gentle voice, the, the inner voice of God. So here we go. How do we position ourselves to hear? The, the, the big thing here, if you only want to take one the, 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 that I'm framing this with, is to make regular time and space to listen. Make regular time. Make regular space to listen. Come to God with that expectation. The, the list we're going to go through, there, there's 10 things I've got on this list. It's maybe not the only 10. It might not even be the best 10. But this, this list is, is something that it's important that we get at regularly because we need to learn to listen. As we, as we, as we do, do life. Uh, I recently heard a police officer say that we, we always train people to do things the right way and, and actually act on things every time in the right way so that when they're in a dangerous situation, their responses and their actions are automatic. They automatically, as a reflex, do things the right way. And so I don't know where this finds you today, but if we, if we regularly do this when we don't need to, to, to hear God's voice necessarily, when we don't feel like there's some big crisis where we're trying to discern his voice. But if we're regularly doing this, we're going to position ourselves to be able to have automatic responses when we're, when we're desperate, when we really are like, God, where are you? What, what, what's going on in my life? So 
What does listening look like? Here's a list of 10 things I would suggest considering. The first one, and there's a reason it's at the top of the list, let me explain. Number one, pray through, memorize, and listen to the Bible. Because the truth is, if we're talking about the gentle whisper of the Spirit, if we're talking about the, the, the thoughts that come into our heads, they're only going to come from four places. Ourselves, other people, the, the, the spiritual realm where there's, there's a spiritual enemy, so it's going to be ourselves, others, the enemy, or it's going to be God's. And how are we going to disentangle and, and figure out well, which of the four is actually God's? How am I hearing his and, and not one of these other three? The foundation for this is, is, is scripture. The foundation for this is the Bible. It's the best place to, to get a sense of what does God sound like? What are the things he, he says? What are, what are the truths that, that he's already given us that we can be banking on so that in experience, we've got a familiarity with what he sounds like? This is the best place to become familiar with his voice. Pray through, memorize, listen to the Bible. This is going to become so important. I'm, I'm so glad that through, through my life growing up, I, I had places like Bible camp, even my parents to instill in me memorizing scripture. Because one of the ways that God often speaks to me is, is by bringing verses to mind, and, you know, highlighting verses in my head that are already kind of cataloged and filed away. A few months ago, I, I was trying to think through a situation that was, that was quite overwhelming to me. And I was like, God, what are you saying to me in all of this? And, and you took some time to, to listen. And a phrase from Romans 8 came to mind, a phrase that I'd memorized at some point in my life, and it was about the Holy Spirit groaning for us, praying when we don't have the words to pray. And I was like, wow, that, honestly, that is what I need to hear right now. So pray through, memorize, listen to the Bible, see the value of that. If you're, if you're just beginning on this journey, or even if you've been going on it for a while, this is our foundation, and this is where we find familiarity with his voice. A second thing, and it's going to sound simple, but it's important, turn prayer from a monologue to a dialogue. So when you go to pray, actually mentally make this shift. I'm not, I'm not just communicating in one direction uh, with, to, to some sort of disembodied, impersonal force out there. I'm talking to a person. The paradigm, again, is relationship and, and, and communication is, is a two-way thing. So just as you do pray, as you have a practice of praying, don't think about it just as you bringing a monologue. Treat it like a dialogue. Maybe just even that shift in language and vocabulary will be helpful for you. A third thing, try fasting. This is where we set aside something uh, in order to seek God. And biblically, the main example we see is people setting aside food, putting away meals for a time in order to, to take that time and that space and that hunger and shift it towards God himself. And there's a special type of focus that happens here. You'll, you'll hear of people fasting when they're, when they're trying to make certain decisions or they're fasting when they're, when they're trying to pray about a certain thing. And, and that's really helpful. People do that all throughout Scripture. Even the, the passage we read from Acts 13, I encourage you, go there again. This is a significant moment. They're worshiping the Lord and they are fasting. It puts themselves in a position for spiritual concentration and that's what we need. So try that. Number four, audit your relationship with idols. Now, that's just my own terminology that, that helped me. What you might want to think of is like, look, is there any sort of sin in my life that I'm clinging to? Are there any actions I'm doing that are, that are opposed to God's ways that, that I'm, I'm happy to keep on going with? I'm not confronting. I'm just, I'm just living that way. Because if we're actively doing things in rebellion against God, we have to see that that might be a barrier to us hearing his voice. 
It's why we see prayers like in Psalm 139. God, point out, point out the, the things in me that might be offensive to you. Lead me out of them. That's why we see in, in, even in the Lord's prayer, Lord, Lord, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's value in, in auditing our relationship to things that we've made into gods that are not in fact God himself because those can be barriers. So, so see if there's something in, in your life that, that you're clinging to that, that maybe is, is putting a barrier between you and, and, and hearing God's voice. A fifth thing is to come with expectation. It's a simple thing, but it's important because if, if we're coming to God with a sense of like, okay, he's, he's probably too busy for me. He's, he's probably not aware I'm, I'm, I'm here. I've made the time. Uh, I'm not really sure if he even does speak. I'm not even sure if he wants. Like, look, come with the expectation that God loves you, that God's brought you into relationship with him, that he's given you the spirit, and that you can expect that he wants to speak to you and that he does speak to you. So come with expectation. Do you have that expectation as, as you come and make the space to listen to him? A sixth thing I would say is to come with teachability. So we're coming like not only with, with, will, like, uh, with an expectation, you know, God, I, I believe you will speak, but also an, an expectation, God, I need you to teach me how to hear. I need you to help me to hear your voice. Like a, a lot of people, Hear God in different ways. I, I've, I've talked to what I would call uh, experienced listeners uh, who are further along in this journey, and there's so many different ways that, that people seem to, to hear his voice, uh, ways that we won't fully cover here, but some people hear him best through words. Uh, some people hear him best through scripture. Some people hear him best through through music or, or pictures. And like, there's a lot of people I know, they're always getting pictures, like, oh, I'm just, I got this sense in prayer the, the, of this image of a, a, a pizza. And it's like, well, I'm glad God doesn't speak to me that way because I would just always be hungry and I'd be distracted. But, but whatever it is, like, look, like God knows how you're wired. He knows your personality and he can totally work with, with, how, with how you've been made. But maybe what we need to come with is a teachability, a humbleness to go, God, I, I'm struggling here. I, I, I don't seem to hear you the way other people hear you. Can you help me to hear? Can you help me to listen and teach me how, how to hear you? Number seven, come with a willingness to obey. And I think there's just something so so crucial here because if we're if we're if we're just going to hear God and we're not going to do what He says, well, that's gonna that's gonna lead us to a place of of maybe putting up further barriers to to hearing Him in the future. And the more we obey what we hear, the more we act on and uh, on on hearing His voice and, and listen to Him that way, the the better off we're positioned to to hear Him in the future. And and you see this pattern of of obedience all throughout Scripture where people hear and they do. And we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to do what the word says, and we want to do what God himself tells us. So come with a willingness to obey, not just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, I'm weighing some sort of decision in my life. Let me, let me inquire of the Lord and see what he says. And then, and then you get some sort of thing from, from the word or from the gentle whisper that, that tells you uh, a direction to go. And you think, ah, you know what? That's nice. I think I'm going to go with this other route instead, even though it seems like it's God. There, there should be in us, hopefully. A willingness to obey because that'll set us up for more growth in the, in the listening journey. Number eight, listen with others and also listen to others. And I think this is especially helpful when you're stuck and you're, and you're, and you're not hearing or life is hard and you're presented with difficulty. Uh, there, there are places in my life right now where I feel like I'm, I'm doing well at hearing God's voice and then there are other places, other circumstances uh, even certain relationships where I, I feel a bit lost right now, and I'm going, Lord, boy, I, I just so I so want to hear you, but I'm I don't know. I I feel stuck in this. Maybe you need, maybe you're in a similar spot, and it's like consider the value of listening with others. 
See, beyond, beyond this message, here's, here's what I know about, about our church. There are people who are way more experienced than, than, in all of this than I am and that probably than you are. And so we need to find them. We need to talk to them. We need to pray with them. A lot of them are on our prayer teams here. M- message me. I'll talk you through this. Or better yet, I'll refer you to one of them because sometimes there's value and listening with others, and then also listening to others, seeing, well, what, I'm not hearing anything about my situation. Are you hearing something? Is there something from Scripture? Is there a gentle whisper that God has placed a thought in your mind that, that is for me? Listen with others. It's especially helpful when you're stuck or, or when you're in a time of difficulty or darkness. Number nine, use a journal. Uh, a lot of people have, have, have shared with me just the, their, their process of journaling uh, in, in, the, in the listening uh, act of praying. And, and this can be helpful if you start with a blank page and maybe you've got your Bible there. Or maybe, maybe you've got a blank page that starts with a question you want to ask of God. You write the question down and you just spend some time praying. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you've got your Bible with you and you're, you're, you're praying through Scripture, memorizing Scripture, and God's highlighting things for you. Using a journal can be a helpful way to track, okay, what has God been saying? And, and maybe, maybe the circumstance is something you're trying to find direction in over a long period of time. So you're going back to that note on your phone that you've started on this, or you're going back to that, that page in your journal on this, and you're, and you're kind of tracing, what has God been saying? Or, or what do I think he's been saying? What has he been saying uh, through others, through, through scripture? What has he been saying through the, the gentle whisper I've noticed? Track those things. Even if you're not sure if they're God initially, write them down. Write down what comes to mind. And you can, you can test all of that later, which is the section we're going to get to next. But use a journal in combination with some of these other things. And finally, what I would say, number 10, slow down. Slow down. Like most of us, if you're like me, most of us are living life way too fast. We've got way too many things in our schedule. We don't have a ton of time to just concentrate on most things, let alone God. Slow your life down. Like, like make spaces to, to fully pause. And this doesn't just need to be at the start of the day where it's like I've got my devotional time or the end of the day where you're, you're praying before bed. I would encourage you even, even slow down during the 168 hours of your week on your job site, where you're spending your recreational time, at your school, wherever it is, because it's not like God only speaks to you in certain places. If he's with you, if the Spirit is with you, and we're about keeping in step with him, it's not just about keeping in step with him in our homes, in in sort of our little confined, comfortable spaces. Keep in step with him in all those places. I remember I was in a community group uh, in my early 20s, and it was about this topic. How do we hear God's voice? And uh, uh, I remember one day we were at, at the shop. I was, I was working a, a parks and rec type of job, and I was just so frustrated with the way the conversation had gone at, at our kind of team briefing time. We go out into the yard. We're all going to our vehicles, and I'm like, wow, I'm just so aggravated by a certain uh, guy who's above me, one of the supervisors. Like, what am I going to do with this day? Like, I feel like this day is, is off to a horrible start and has got nowhere to go but down. And then I was thinking about the, the subject of, of hearing God and that, that we don't need to just hear him when we're at home before work. I, I can access that here and now. So I'm standing. I remember I'm standing in the yard on the, on the gravel and my truck is there that I'm heading to. And I'm like, God, what are you saying to me here? What are you saying to me? And it was amazing. All I heard was the word through that gentle whisper, a thought in my mind, forgive, forgive. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume this is God. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume it. I'm not gonna go through all this mental exercise of, of fighting. Oh, is that Lord? Is that really you? Are you really asking me to forgive? I just went, okay, I'm gonna forgive. I'm just gonna try it. And something in me shifted, where it was like I became a different person the rest of the day, and my interactions with that supervisor changed the the few other times I saw him. 
So slow down, slow, make spaces all throughout your day, not just when it's comfortable at the beginning or at the end. Okay, so uh, with all of these 10 things, I would, I would suggest praying a simple prayer in each. God, help me to hear you. God, help me to hear you. We need God's help to hear him. Okay, so if that's a brief start on, on how we position ourselves for concentration, the next question is, well, how do I know what I hear is actually God? And this is where we'll enter what I will call spiritual discernment or testing what we hear. So how do we test what we hear? A second prayer to pray coming out of, okay, we, we think we heard something either through it was, something was highlighted for us in scripture or, or the, the gentle whisper placed a thought in our heads. God, can you confirm this? A simple prayer to pray. Coming out of God, help me to hear you. Then, God, can you confirm this? Here's five ways God might confirm what you hear. The first, of course, again, is the Bible. And it might be that what you, what you heard either came from the Bible to begin with, so you're going, okay, uh, am I just making sure that this fits with the, the context of, of the paragraph I'm in? Does this fit with the themes of the book? Does this fit with the larger themes of the Bible? Uh, or maybe it's a, a thought you've had that you think, I think this could be God, but I'm, I'm not sure. He might confirm it to you by pointing you not to just like a verse here or there, but to the overall themes of Scripture. We worship a God who's Father, Son, and Spirit. So, so think that through. Okay, if he's going to confirm it to me through the Bible, uh, Father. Okay, so I'm told I'm to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, does what I've heard help me do that? Does what I've heard help me to love my neighbor as myself? Okay, Father, Son, okay, uh, does this help me lift the name of Jesus higher in my life? Does this magnify the person of Jesus, the theme we see out through Scripture? Spirit, okay, well, does this, does this produce in me, does this set me up to produce the fruit of the Spirit? Again, this keeping in step with the Spirit verse in Galatians 5.25, it comes right after this list of things that the Spirit produces in our lives. So if it helps us to love God, if it helps us to love others, if it lifts Jesus' name higher, if it, if it produces in us the fruit of the Spirit, it's safe to say that this is probably something that God would tell you. It's safe to say that this might be how he's confirming it for you, for the themes of the Bible. A second way God might confirm what you hear is through trusted Christians. So obviously all, all believers have the ability, young and old, to, to hear God's voice. But there might be some times where you're not you're not sure and you want, you want God to confirm it for you. So maybe there's people that you know are further along in the listening journey and you want them to confirm it for you. Hey, look, I've been praying about this in my life. What, I, what I've heard is this. What do you see as you, as you hear these things? And, and get them to weigh in on it. It might not be that you're even going to them. It might be that they're coming to you going, look, here's what I've heard recently. Does this match up with what you're hearing? Or maybe one of those picture people is coming up to you going, hey, I got, I got a picture the other day of this. Does this align with what you've been hearing from God recently? And, and, and maybe that's the way God's trying to get your attention and confirm what you've heard. A third way God might confirm what you hear is through circumstances. So, so the way events transpire, the way he starts to provide for you, the way uh, situations unfold, maybe that's a way that God's going to confirm that what you've heard from, from his word or from the inner voice is actually from him. A fourth way is the internal sense of peace and weight that came with what you heard. And I've noticed this as I've grown in hearing God's voice, there is a, a calm authority of the gentle whisper that, that doesn't seem to, to be like anything else. And it's hard to describe unless you're on this journey, but there's an internal sense of peace and of weight. And that would make sense if our God is not a God of confusion or a God of disorder, but he is a God of peace and he is the king. And so there is an authoritativeness to his voice. 
A fifth way God might confirm what you hear is through repetition. So it's like, okay, this verse came up for me and I was praying and, and, and I had this, this verse that I maybe memorized earlier. It came to my mind and then somebody else mentioned that that, that that verse was also something that they had for me. And oh, wow, and now this concept is being described elsewhere. Like maybe that's God trying to get your attention repetition, hearing the same thing in various places, even though you may not even always be seeking them out. Um, let me tell you a story that, that's been so cool about this uh, that actually kind of uses all five of these ways. Uh, we recently as a church did 21 days of prayer and fasting and we had this text-based guide and so these texts would come to us with a suggestion uh, for how to maybe pray or think about interacting with, with our Father in Heaven throughout those, those 21 days. And one of the days the text was about uh, praying about how we could encourage somebody. And so I'm sitting there on my couch, it's the evening, and I didn't have a lot going on, and I'd made some space to, to listen, and so I thought, okay, Lord, this is, this is the prompt for the day. Um, is there something you want me to encourage somebody in? So I, I, you know, I mean, I'm by myself, it's, it's fairly silent, and I, I had, I had an, uh, the first name that came to mind was, was Wes, our, our worship pastor. So, okay, Wes, that's the first name that came to mind. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with this. I'm just gonna see what happens. So Wes's name has come to mind. Well, God, what do you want me to say to Wes? And a verse from the Bible came to mind. It was from, it was from Matthew chapter 11. And I was like, okay, um, first name, first verse that came to mind. Uh, this all sounds like something God would want to tell somebody to encourage them. I'm just going to send him a text. So, you know, I send him a text, shoot it off to him. And I had no idea. Um, if what I did was fully the right thing to do. And this is sometimes what happens. We, 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 there, there's a place in the Bible that talks about we know in part and we prophesy in parts. So we have to come with this, with this humbleness where we think we've got something for somebody to go, look, here's what I am sensing. Does this make sense to you? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not coming in with this boldness like God 100% told me to tell you this. But in Wes's case, this sounds like something Jesus would want to say to him. And it's from scripture, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a risk. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see what happens because there's 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 growth that comes through risk taking obedience. We don't need to get it all right the first time. We don't need to be perfect in it. We just need to, we just need to to act on what we feel we've sensed in obedience. So I send him the text. Here's what I didn't know surrounding his circumstances. A few days prior, uh, Wes had a dream. It was a certain dream that involved a specific setting with, with mountains and with water and with, with a certain struggle that he was going through. And, and he was trying to process all of what that meant. Earlier the same day that I had texted him, he also came across the same verse uh, and the same passage as if God was trying to tell him that. And then he also then received it from me later that day. Then what I, we, neither of us knew was that the, the next day, the next evening, we were going to come to a worship gathering, probably similar in some ways to the Acts 13 scene where some of us are fasting, some of us are worshiping, we're, we're coming to the scene, and somebody shared a picture that they had. And the picture that they had matched the dream that Wes had, which connected to the verse that Wes read, which connected to the verse that I felt to send to him. All of these things working together with all of these different ways that God obviously was trying to confirm for Wes, listen. Here's what I have for you. I want to speak to you, and here's what I've got for you. An amazing story that reminds me of, again, God still speaks and wants to speak to us. So here's what I want us to do today. We've covered a lot of ground. I want us to actually try this. Actually make this regular time. Maybe even right now at the end of, of, this, of this video, pause this and, and go, okay, God, I'm going to come to you. Can you help me to hear you? Can you help me confirm what I've heard? But just start with a simple prayer. God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying? Five things he might say. He might say something about himself, remind you of who he is and what he's like. 
Another thing he might say is give you some sort of instruction. Maybe you're looking for direction, might be an instruction. A third thing he might say is, is some sort of conviction regarding sin in your life. Something you need to change, a shift you need to make to, to repent and to turn and confess and, and bring that to him. A fourth thing he might say is something for somebody else, kind of like I had for Wes. Or a fifth thing he might say is something about you, things about you, reminding you of your identity, reminding of what you have in Jesus, reminding you just of, of his thoughts towards you. If it's one of those five things, just, just come to him and, like, and, and respond, but, but begin by just simply praying, God, what are you saying? I'd maybe suggest trying, trying, you know, bringing a journal with you for that moment. Or, or maybe if you're new to this and this still all seems kind of weird, anchor your listening in the Bible somewhere. Start in the Psalms. Maybe today start with Psalm 23. Read through it a few times and ask, God, what are you saying? But overall, can you imagine the kind of home you would have, the kind of church we would have if we all took advantage of, our, of the God who speaks and keep in step with the Spirit in this way? as we position ourselves to listen to him more and more and more.